You're listening to The First Bite, presented by Shoreview Industries, a podcast dedicated to taking you through the real stories of entrepreneurs and business owners who have navigated the world of private equity. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Brittany Upman. And I'm Peter Zimmerman. Our conversation today centers around the story of one family business's partnership with private equity and is full of advice and perspective that I think is going to be really helpful for others considering a similar partnership. Our guests include Matt DeSoto, who's the CEO of MI Windows and Doors, currently one of the largest privately held window and door manufacturers in the U.S. We're also joined by Brett Habstreet, a partner at Shoreview and board member of MI during the period of Shoreview's involvement. The MI story is unique for a number of reasons, which we get into through the course of the conversation. Most notably, in the majority of situations that we see, a family business comes to us and is looking to diversify and reduce their ownership stake in a business through a transaction. But in this case, Matt's family actually only owned a third of the business to begin with and actually wanted to increase their ownership through a partnership. And so to accomplish that, we're looking for a minority or non-control partner. During the conversation, we get into Matt's advice for sellers who are thinking about bringing on a partner, what he looked for in a first meeting, some of the most important questions that he asked, as well as his reflections on some of the most important decisions that resulted in step change growth during the period that Shoreview was involved. We really enjoyed this discussion and hope you do too. So without further delay, here's our conversation with Matt and Brett. We're really excited to get things started with our first episode of the podcast today. First, we have from MI Windows and Doors CEO, Matt DeSoto. Hey, Matt. Hey there, Brittany. How are you? Good. Thanks. We're really looking forward to to hearing your side of the story. Um, As CEO of MI, you partnered closely with Shoreview back in, in 2012. And during that partnership, we had one of our partners from Shoreview, Brett Habstreet, worked closely with you and the entire team. So Brett, has joined us today. Hey, Brett. Hello. Hey. So to get things started, we thought it may make sense to start with you, Matt, if you could give us some brief personal history on yourself, the business, and then also let us know what had you interested in private equity and kind of what led you down that road to consider a private equity partner? Yeah, sure. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, so um, I, our uh, business is really focused on making windows and doors for uh, residential projects. So either new home construction or repair and remodel projects. And uh, we've been in business since 1947. So obviously I've not been in the business that long, (laughs) but (laughs) um, fortunate enough to uh, be a part of uh, a multi-generational business. And so uh, really the, my history with it is, you know, I started other than the fact that I, I grew up, uh, in and around the business uh, and working in the plants during the my summers during during high school, uh, but post uh, college uh, joined in a sales capacity and then uh, grew through sales into more operational roles and and then ultimately uh, right in the midst of the Great Recession decided that it was a, a great idea to uh, um, take on a more senior level leadership role and and I guess go go at it with baptism by fire if you will uh, so. That was in 08, and uh, and then by the time we got to 2010, 11, uh, our family uh, doesn't own, didn't I should say, own the business outright. Uh, so we had 
two other partners uh, in the business uh, that owned two thirds of the equity, and they uh, wanted to exit. Uh, that they, I think the Great Recession had really shown them that uh, one, uh, they, liquidity was was something that that they were going to value going forward, and that two, uh, they didn't have any of their next generation in the business. So uh, for them to to want to press forward and and potentially endure another cycle uh, wasn't sounding so exciting in their minds. They did ages and stages where uh, that, that really didn't feel right. And so that really put us in a place where 2000, I guess it was end of 2011, uh, is when they had uh, approached uh, management uh, of the business and said, would you be interested in uh, buying the business from us? And so that was really the start of, of the process of identifying how would we capitalize the business. And so while our family owned one third of it, uh, we didn't ha obviously have control um, and the business was going to be able to uh, press forward. Um, we wanted to control the outcome of who was going to lead the business. And to the extent that we could, uh, we wanted to control um, uh, financially where the business would go as well. And so that, that really is what kicked us off. And that, that process formally got launched in early 2012 when we started to work with our investment banker on what potential scenarios uh, might be out there for us. So I'll pause because that was a lot. Yeah. And it might be helpful to better understand a little bit about that process and working with an investment banker. And maybe you can kind of touch on I mean, ultimately ended up partnering with Shoreview. So what what did that look like going through the process with other private equity firms and what stood out from the Shoreview side that ultimately led you to that decision? That's a great question. And and for me, you know, at that time, I guess I was 35. And uh, so I had, had had zero experience working with bankers other than uh, maybe joining my father at a dinner or something like that. So I didn't candidly didn't really even understand the process, but I tried to fake it as good as I could and um, was fortunate enough to have a, a banker that that was patient um, in, in educating myself and the rest of our team along the way. So, you know, the, the process began, I guess it was in uh, spring of 2012 is when we more formally launched what, what it is that we were trying to do. And that was buy out you know, my father's two partners and uh, at a pre-established price. So it was sort of um, unique in that it wasn't auctioned and they weren't controlling uh, the process. They had presented management with a enterprise value that they uh, wanted for the business. And then it was up to us to go find capital partners, whether that be debt or equity or a combination thereof, that would allow for them to, to meet their objective. So. Um, I guess, you know, maybe April, May of that year, uh, KeyBank had spent time taking me around and introducing me to a number of firms. And it feels like we must have met with close to 20 firms. Uh, and, and very early on, some of them were quick to say, hey, this just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, whether it was a, a sector play that they didn't like. Uh, or they didn't like the size of the business, either we were too big or too small, our margins weren't right. I had a couple of folks uh, be very forthright with their opinion on that. Um, you know, 
concern about my lack of experience that, that I had no experience being a CEO. And so that there was a lot of factors there. So I'd say half of them of those 20 or so uh, partners self-selected out. Um, and then the other half, we were, you know, in this position where we were trying to understand who was best for the business. And what was really important to us was finding a, a group that we felt uh, very comfortable being around. And so having had zero experience doing this before, uh, we just tried to take a very simple approach. And that is, who do we like being around? Who sounds like us? And uh, who do we feel like could be aligned uh, with our interests and where we want to go with the business, knowing that we really weren't focused on uh, buy it, fix it, flip it uh, from the leadership perspective. So we, we were thinking more in terms of buy it, hold it, build it, um, and, and you know make it bigger and better as time goes by. All the while realizing that we were going to be partnering with somebody that their business was not that. You know, their business was to place capital, get a return on that, and then exit and move on to uh, the next thing. And, and that was the responsibility to the LPs, of which initially I, I heard the words but didn't understand it uh, in full candor. Uh, but as we, you know, navigated through time, I, I became more educated on that. So how we got really to, to the process of, of figuring out why Shoreview it, it really started with the first session that, that we had, and I think that was in June of 2012, where um, a couple of us had sat down with uh, Brett and Jeff Mudge. And throughout our, say, two-hour session that we had, uh, we didn't, we, we used the book. Uh, our banker had obviously uh, helped us put together a, a sim on the business, but um, we weren't having to go page by page through the book. And we noticed that uh, both Brett and Jeff were not trying to accelerate the conversation and jumping to the financial summary or jumping to acquisition strategy or whatever other um, firms had, had wanted us to jump to pretty quick, but rather had just kept the book shut, um, had their own notepad open and, and were asking questions more about the business and about what we wanted to do uh, with the business and how we felt about leading the business and, and what was important to us and also sharing what was important to them. And so that stood apart uh, from the rest early on that there was very much a feel to our discussion that we had, had not had with any of the other firms. So then when we added that to um, their uh, indication of interest coming back and it showed that they were open to a minority uh, ownership position that really differentiated uh, the team. And, and so, you know, that was the start of the journey. And again, I'll pause because I feel like I've yeah, probably no. rambled more than what you want to know. That's super, super helpful. And, and what I remember about the time is anytime we see an opportunity, we, we look to see is, uh, you know, is, there, is this a good business? Is there a good business opportunity? And are these good people? Are these people we want to partner with? And, and on that last point, you know, it, it, through conversation back and forth, you, you develop a rapport pretty quickly. Uh, you understand, you know, the desires and needs of the management team. You understand uh, what they're looking for. And, and, and you sort of have an assessment. And for us, you know, here was a team that was relatively young that had a clear vision about what they wanted to do. And also, um, there was a dynamic where, you um, 
you know, they had just led the, the company through, frankly, a lot of turmoil, right? It was the Great Recession, which impacted the housing market tremendously. And there was just a lot of evidence of just really good day in, day out decision making. And so, um, you know, we felt really comfortable and excited about partnering with Matt and the rest of the team. And, and then when you look at the, um, uh, you know, the business opportunity, you know, here is a, you know, market leader granted in a market that was a little choppy at the time, but we felt like there was good upside opportunity, you know, operationally and strategically, they had some, you know, real uh, clear vision about what they wanted to do. So, you know, kind of check the box there. And then, you know, trying to make a long story short, obviously this concept of now, what do the sellers want, which in this case is, you know, the, the sort of uh, broader uh, ownership group and what does the management team want and how can we structure around it? And so, from my perspective and our perspective, you know, that's what we pride ourselves on is being very flexible in structuring a deal and trying to meet everybody's needs. You know, at the end of the day, our job is to make good investments. And, you know, we feel like we can do that best by, you know, trying to meet the meet the uh, the management team and the seller's needs uh, and kind of meet them in the middle on on how that works. And, and obviously, um, you know, a great partnerships built on great personal relationships, kind of a shared vision, but also, you know, kind of a shared um, you know, uh, shared goals, you know, financially and economically as well. So, and obviously that proved out to be the case um, uh, over, over the, the, the next several years. Hey, Matt, I'm curious, uh, as you kind of think back to that period of time, uh, you, you said it, it was the first time you were going through it. So I'm sure there was a little bit of drinking from the fire hose at that time. If you could go back and and, and put yourself in in your shoes then and and maybe in the context of like if you had a, a business owner friend who was asking you for advice as they go through it for the first time what do you think the most important questions were that you asked or or um, you know other other elements of advice that you'd give to somebody going through that process yeah that's um it's a really uh, great question and and I guess it creates a lot of thought so I'll, I'll give my initial reactions and if I don't directly answer uh, the question that you've asked, it's, it's probably because I've gotten lost in a lot of, a lot of thought and a lot of, a lot of memories uh, through that time. So uh, the first thing that I would say, and I remember um, a sure of you providing a reference for me of different businesses that they had worked with. And one of the guys I spoke with was uh, based in Houston. I can't remember the name of the business right now. And so I called him and, and he was kind enough to spend a fair amount of time with me. And, and a phrase that sticks out in my mind uh, from that conversation is that all money spends the same, but not all money acts the same. And, and that has stuck with me uh, from that moment uh, and, and how he fondly spoke of, of the relationship and the time that relationship he had with certain team members at Shoreview and the time he spent with them. Um, and I've, it, it proved uh, to be very true for me. I, I feel very lucky, first of all, that that for me as a CEO and for our business that we found uh, the personality type um, uh, that we found within Shoreview. And so the, the, the way that they invest and how they choose to invest um, clearly is, is separates them from the pack. So I, I've used that phrase a lot with our team um, and, and used it with others who have been looking for private equity uh, capital uh, since that moment, because it, it just really stuck with me because I've, I've heard a few folks, uh, a number of, of folks I know that their experience hasn't just hasn't been as fun um, as what 
ours has been. And, and I'm not that smart, but smart enough to realize that um, I've been our, our business and, and personally, I've been lucky enough to be in a sector that's been performing well. So fun uh, certainly starts with returns. I, I get that, that it, that helps. Um, but the, the thing that, that really does stick out in my mind is that that phrase and, and recognizing that once you start this journey and you're, you're committed to a process and committed to, to buying the business and, and you know that you need capital, um, private equity, I should say equity capital to help with that. Um, it's, it's not like a, you know, quick couple days together. You gotta be thinking in the terms of this is a marriage and everyone's got to feel like they're, they're winning. Everyone's got to feel like they're heard. Uh, everyone's got to feel as though, um, that the journey is, is, um, going to, you know, build value and, and create opportunity. And that, I guess if I was to, to go back, um, probably the only thing that I would change is I would negotiate harder with Brett and Jeff, uh, and see if I can, <laughs> can get a little bit more incentive equity or, or something like that out of it. Although we had a darn good plan. So I just, uh, but that, that truly is the only thing that I would do is <laughs> have a little bit, maybe more confidence in where, where the business was going to go. And, and uh, um, and maybe maybe press on a few things, but the reality was is that the opening um, offer was strong, and and because of that, you know, we had transparency from the start, uh, and and I think that allowed for really smooth and efficient negotiation as we went through it. Yeah, I guess um, so. Taking that thread and and maybe pulling it a little bit, but flip it to the other side of the table, Brett. As you were going through that process, how did you, you know, approach structuring the deal and thinking through the, the different elements of it at the time uh, to try to meet, uh, you know, Matt and his family's goals, as well as to kind of incentivize people uh, and accomplish the transaction? Yeah, I mean, it was it was very unique, and I mean, as Matt described early on, you know, we were essentially presented an, an investment opportunity where the price was already established, and so. What we were trying to accomplish is, you know, how do you structure the investment? How do you provide management with uh, the most upside opportunity? Um, how do you, uh, you know, uh, sort of leverage their equity dollars that were coming in uh, to sort of meet their objective of, of a controlled position? And then how do we, of course, balance that with our desire for good returns for, you know, uh, you know, a good get downside protection. And obviously we structured this deal with both preferred stock and common stock so that we got, you know, a preference on some of our capital, but allowed the common stock to be leveraged. And I think we, we tried to be really creative um, in particular on this deal of how we um, structured, you know, management equity incentives, the management investment to get them the most upside opportunity. I mean, there was just so much confidence from this team uh, that they wanted uh, as much as possible. You know, the other challenges. You know, it was it was effectively for, for in 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 uh, large part a corporate carve out. So there was a lot of uh, dealing with the challenges of understanding sort of what um, what was being left behind at the holding company that we needed to replicate. So working with Matt and his team. Um, you know, but there, it, it was. Um, you know, obviously, anytime you make a good investment, have a great partnership with with somebody and the, the team. It uh, you look back and it seems easy and seems obvious, but you know it was a it was a long process and there were a, a lot of um, uh, challenges along the way. But ultimately, I mean, I think our job is to invest our investors' capital, and to, to do that, we take risk. And our job is to find a way to to get to yes. So our our job is to sort of uh, measure and balance those risks in a way that 
that makes sense. And, and if things go well, you generate a good return. If not, you know, um, uh, you hopefully still find a way to sort of live and fight and play another day and, and kind of get through those tough times. Um, and, and, and this obviously is a case where, where, you know, things went well, there was a rebound in the market. Um, we worked, you know, with the team and, you know, I think it's, it's fair to point out, you know, we're not operators, right? I don't come to this with a, Hey, I have a wealth of building products experience or even manufacturing or distribution experience. Right. I would say our job is to ask good questions and be good listeners. And that, you know, I think is a good philosophy to live by, but it really only works well when you have a dynamic around the table, like we did with Matt and the rest of the MI windows team, where there's just a productive conversation, common goals and interests. And as you sit around and discuss challenges, opportunities, make investment decisions, you know, it's just such a, such a productive and valuable um, conversation that leads to, again, good decisions that drive, uh, drive growth and create value. And, and obviously with the team, you know, they did all the heavy lifting, but I mean, there was transformational uh, investments in, in uh, manufacturing facilities and new product development and a whole host of things. And Matt and his team, you know, deserve, you know, 99.9% of the credit for that. Um, and the reason the partnership went so well, you know, is because they took um, the opportunity uh, to to sort of grab the bull by the horns, you know, take the capital that we had available to invest, uh, ask the right questions of us of how they got the right resources to make all that happen. And then, of course, again, you know, 85%, 90% execute, strong execution is what leads to, to good results. So, um, you know, uh, just hats off to, to you, Matt, and your team for, um, you know, taking the opportunity that we put in place with doing the deal and then making hay out of it. Uh, and, and, and it, you know, obviously what, what we see and when I talk to you and what we've seen in the last many years is, you know, continuing to make hay, uh, you know, not just with good market uh, performances, you, as you mentioned, uh, but, you know, through, you know, continued investment in people, uh, M&A and other things. And, and uh, I, I, I say this not lightly, but I'm super proud of you and your team. And I'm super, uh, feel super lucky to have worked with you guys um, during that time frame. Now, thanks. You know, the feeling is uh, definitely very much mutual. Um, you know, you, uh, just listening to Brett there and, and, and obviously very kind words and I'm, I'm humbled um, by everything that you just said. Um, something else that, that, that uh, really came to me though in listening to you, Brett, is the idea of an operating partner. Um, and this is a big differentiator, and I don't know how Shoreview is operating today, but uh, at the time, I remember so many firms saying, well, we have these really great operating partners, which all I heard was, so I'm going to have like three or four bosses now, or what's the deal? And is someone gunning for my job? You know, what what the hell is really behind all of that? And uh, so um, the idea of, of uh, Shoreview saying, listen, we want to have uh, board representation. We want to be involved, but we don't want to meddle to the point where you can't do your job. Uh, and now I, I will share that um, both Brett uh, and Jeff uh, and Adam, uh, they, when they saw that there were gaps um, that we needed help or we needed to bridge it um, and bridge it soon, uh, not bashful about presenting resources uh, that would help. Um, and, and RSM was an early on resource that, that I, I think that was really helpful to the business. And I wouldn't have done on my own. Uh, I know I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have known who to contact, first of all. 
And then uh, second, I probably would have been freaked by the dollars that, that they were wanting uh, to help us with the consulting project. Because my father had trained me that, that uh, most consultants take your watch off and, and tell you what time it is. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I give them credit for that and then TriVista. And to this day, um, that, that introduction of TriVista and helping us with our Texas operation initially and then many other um, initiatives since then, uh, Tim, actually, the, the uh, CEO of TriVista is on our board um, you know, now. And, and without having the Shoreview relationship and the introduction to TriVista, I, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of things that our operations team uh, would not have learned. Um, so the concept of an operating partner, I think, um, as a CEO, was something I just was not interested uh, in having. But having resources uh, available, Rolodex, if you will, that uh, we could pull from uh, when it was appropriate, uh, that, um, that value was tremendous. And, you know, knowing that, that Shoreview uh, and Brett and Jeff were, were, again, very forthright and transparent when they saw something that, that needed to be worked on. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't like, you know, here's, here's just, this is what you're going to do. Um, rather, it was, here's Tim from TriVista. You guys ought to go have dinner and, and just see if there's, there's a partnership that could be had there. We've seen them help in a couple of other businesses. And, and what we see in your business is, is uh, some similar opportunity to improve. And, and that, again, was just, uh, I, I really appreciated that, that approach. Yeah, no, it, it, it was, it was a two way street, by the way, because, you know, it's one thing for us to ask the question, as I said before, or to introduce you to resources, but you sort of, you know, uh, our experience with you and your team where you grab the bull by the horns and say, is this a good resource? Is this the right resource? Is this helpful? Is this something we need to work on? And, 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 you know, and, and to, you know, make improvements or, or change processes or whatever it might be. Um, uh, obviously you guys sort of then took it and ran with it, but, but we still don't have operating partners. And again, you know, there are a lot of great people out there who do that. Uh, but our perspective is in particular in, in our portfolio, which is pretty diverse is, you know, the skill set needed for any particular task on any given day at a certain portfolio company, you know, is unique. And, and we wouldn't want one or two people at Shoreview to sort of pretend like they know everything about everything. It's really antithetical to, to who we are. And, you know, we want to find the right resource, whether it's temporary, whether it's permanent, you know, uh, and, 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 and make it happen and hold them accountable uh, for the results. And so that philosophy hasn't changed. Um, but again, just I can't emphasize enough, um, you know, the willingness to seek out help from you and your team, you know, it you know, makes all the difference and, and creates that that sort of ownership of the of the project or whatever the task at hand is. Yeah, Matt, got kind of going in a little bit deeper on on some of those topics. As you think back to the the Shoreview period of time, what were some of the key inflection points? Uh, you know that helped the business get, go from one level to the next. And uh, you know, again, just thinking about it from the context of lessons learned that that other people uh, might be able to draw upon. Yeah, um, that's a great <laughs> another another great question, and, and it brings a, a number of thoughts. You know, the, the first, I'd say, inflection point that I can recall beyond just the energy it took to get the deal closed, and there were, and just listening to Brett here a moment ago, I, I totally forgotten that we were a carve out. That's how much has transpired that <laughs> that feels like uh, that was so simple to, uh, 
to set up uh, some of the systems that weren't in place and, and, and become our own standalone business. But I think of that. And then there was a, we had some litigation going on that was a little precarious. And um, so those things are thankfully uh, knock on wood behind us now. Um, but those, those now seem pretty elementary um, compared to some other things that we did during our partnership. And the first inflection point uh, was something that we called Project Gazelle. Uh, and it was our, uh, our leadership team had spent a lot of time and energy putting together a, uh, an investment plan to expand our capacity and, and largely focused on our Texas operation. Uh, so we had had a pretty antiquated manufacturing site. Actually, I think if, if uh, we can ask Brett this question here in a moment, but what his initial observation was of our, of our site in Texas, but I'm, I'm just thankful it didn't spook him. Um, <laughs> that was still during diligence um, when we went and visited there. But uh, I, I was going to say that I told this story actually just the other day. You know, obviously it was in multiple facilities and it was older and all that. But the um, the insulated glass uh, uh, building was was uh, different and unique and and uh, sort of a messy process. I'll just say that. And so uh, <laughs> it, it was transformational to move to to Flower Mound. Yeah, well, you were kind with your words there, but. Um, yeah, so that when we presented that plan, um, that was a, gosh, I think that CapEx year was maybe $15 million or $16 million. And, and at that point, the business was just coming off. Uh, let's see, we would have just been closing in on a year where we were going to produce $24 million of EBITDA. So um, <laughs> CapEx as a percentage of, uh, of, of uh, free cash flow was uh, pretty high. Um, and you know, so we were uh, a little jittery entering that presentation as leadership, wondering what the outcome was going to be. But we knew that uh, without presenting this to our board, that that, that the answer was definitely going to be no, because uh, we had never asked. Uh, but if we had presented the concept uh, to the board and shown how we could build out a multi-year plan and did it with, uh, you know, a sense of, of vigor, but also confidence that, that we could pull this off, that it could really be quite trans transformational to use Brett's word a moment ago uh, for the business. And thankfully, I don't, I, there was no hesitation. I think we had to come back with a, you know, second draft or third draft, really just answering some great questions that were presented to us. But then it was just get on with it, um, you know, and go. And so that, that was a real big, that was a big pivot point for not only our relationship with Shoreview and just, putting your money where your mouth is, if you will. Um, you know, and obviously we were at that point uh, thankful enough to have the business producing that cash flow that we could utilize it um, internally. But still, I think there are a lot of firms that could have said, ah, you know what, let's carve that down to, you know, five or six million, take a dividend this year and, and just start working on getting a little bit of our capital back. Um, and that wasn't the case. It was CapEx, which was 3x any other uh, any other year uh, that we had looked at in the historical period and probably more like 8x uh, what we had presented to be the average CapEx requirements during our uh, investment period when, when Shoreview was signing up. So it was uh, a, a really, it was huge deal for our relationship. And I think for the leadership team, what it showed was, listen, just have confidence, you know, present, put a plan together, present it, commit to it, get on with it. And don't be afraid, like risks, um, you know, are, you need to take risks in order to get reward. 
And that really set the stage, uh, I think, for the for the team to realize that we can we can go. Let's uh, let's focus on building a business that's bigger, higher performing, um, and, and separates ourselves from from the competition. And that so I, I look back at that as as a significant uh, way that we we changed the business. And Shoreview support with that um, was I, I think that it, when I when I try to think of a word, it was just unwavering. Um, uh, in regards to what they believed the management team could do. And, and then after these four years together of transformations and change, Brett, how would you say that the, the chapter came to an end? Well, it's, it's interesting because you spend all this time building a relationship and building confidence and trust, which I think was a big part of what Matt just talked about. And, and, you know, for better, or for worse, uh, you know, our, our job and what our investors expect ultimately is return of, of, uh, you know, their investment. Uh, it was truly transformational. It was a transformational time in, in sort of uh, the building product space. And then there were just significant investments and change in the business. It all led to, you know, a great result, you know, both top line, bottom line growth. And so, you know, we went to uh, Matt and, and the other owners and the management team and said, you know, we think now's the time to potentially get liquidity in our investment. And I think they said, you know, we think the best is yet to come and uh, which is uh, certainly turned out to be true and not that we didn't believe them at the time, but um, for us, it was, it was time to, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, again, get a return and return the capital to our investors. And so what's unique here, super unique is, you know, the business had grown in a way. And I think Matt, and, and the other owners and, and the rest of the team had a desire to continue to, uh, um, you know, run the business, own as much as possible. And so it was a unique dynamic where, and again, as a minority owner, we, we didn't have the right to, you know, uh, to, to press on, but we just negotiated a sale back to the, to the ownership team and to the management team. Um, and, and so they took out some capital and, and uh, essentially bought us out and, and um, it was a great, sort of result for us. And, and I certainly knock on wood, uh, based on what we read in the newspaper anyway, it's been a, a continued, you know, great run for uh, the company and the team. And, and again, goes to that, you know, when, when I do what I do, again, I just know it's such a small part of, of any of these stories, uh, but just so happy to have been involved and, and see what's happened with, you know, the recent acquisitions and the growth. And, and, and I guess, what I miss out on is I don't get to see the growth in the team and the people as much uh, just because we don't have as many opportunities to get together in person. But I just know, having spent time with all of you, that, that you wouldn't be where you are without continued investment in your people. Um, and, and so I suspect um, uh, it's been a big part of, of your continued success. Yeah, it definitely has. You know, that, that um, what the other thing that I think that the partnership taught us is that uh, sharing upside you know, with with the team can create a level of energy that it's hard to uh, hard to put into a spreadsheet as to to what it will provide as far as returns and giving people an opportunity to get a bite at the apple, grab the ring, whatever you want to call it. That um, is something that I knew personally. I had within me the desire to uh, grab that ring. Um, and I knew that the other leaders who had invested in the business with Shoreview had that same desire. What it really taught me, though, is that um, we, we need to get more leaders 
having that same opportunity. To the extent that these leaders are willing to sacrifice some time, maybe uh, away from other interests, their family or hobbies or whatever it might be, and, and invest that energy into the business, then we need to make sure that the rewards are right, that the incentives are right. Uh, and that the time period we're sure of you really matured me uh, in that area and understanding what that can mean, that this, you know, it's not just a, a job, it's not just, you know, an opportunity to build a career. It, this can be transformational for somebody's family. Um, and, and having the business benefit from the fact that leaders are wanting to accelerate uh, business plans. They want to bring things forward a year or two um, because the opportunities are there for them too. So it's this perfect alignment uh, of, of interests. And that's, that's one thing that private equity has definitely taught me um, that I wouldn't have otherwise figured out. I, I, I don't think I would have anyway uh, without that, that time period. Well, Brett and Matt, we really appreciate the time you guys spent with us today and sharing the insights, Matt, that you've had in partnering with the Shoreview team. And to our listeners, thanks for listening. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Until next time. Thank you for listening to The First Bite, presented by Shoreview Industries. We hope you enjoyed the show. To learn more about Shoreview or to get in touch, please go to our website at www.shoreview.com.